morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. Um, well, it is the afternoon. It's actually six o'clock here, and um, we need to change our intro to good afternoon, everyone. But I told you that we should be doing what on this call today? Oh, my God. Well, and I agreed wholeheartedly. We are drinking in this Some podcast. wine. I Some know. Wine. I haven't drank wine for a while. I mean, it's time, girl. It's time. It's time. It's time. I don't know why we stopped. We stopped for about a year and a half. Why did we stop? Who likes I think it was Twitter? because I stopped I stopped drinking for the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but why were we Okay, so we had to be quitters cuz you were a quitter. But I was a quitter. Back, you are yeah. back on the wagon. Or back I on- was like, let's see the worst thing happen <laughs> to everyone including myself and decide to not drink alcohol. <laughs> Bad choice, bad choice. I was like, it's a bad choice. But you know what's a good choice today? Okay. Mm. Do you see that good segue? Um, So I have been really, and I think I've been telling you this, really Mm. looking at like all the stuff I've been putting in my body. Including the uh, Including the wine, which is actually natural, Roxy. It's so natural. It's grapes. It's so great. And I've actually been going through all my makeup and my skincare, and I've been like, you know what? It's time to cross over to natural skincare. Are you there yet, Roxy? Um, well, does tequila count? (laughs) Tequila is not included in skincare, so I think... You know what, though? I remember hearing stories of Cleopatra because she would wash herself in wine. She would bathe in wine and wash her hair in wine, so I kind of think it might be a thing. It might be a thing, and maybe this Mm. next person can put tequila in their products, or maybe (laughs) not. She's the founder and owner of this incredible brand called Edible Beauty Australia, Mm. and it's a clean beauty brand that I... Started to use about, I think it was about six to seven months ago mm-hmm. because I'm really trying to overhaul all my my makeup and my beauty products because I do believe, I do personally believe that the, the things in your product seep into your body and ultimately that does affect like your, like they become endochrome disruptors, which mm-hmm. will explain to everyone what that is. And I do think it does affect us and our health down the line. So I'm very obsessed with learning about this and I'm going to get you on the natural <gasps> skincare. I don't know if Botox, although you haven't done Botox. <laughs> no, like Botox is natural, right? I know. Well, you know what they say? They say that, and I haven't done them either. I've done the Botox or the fillers, but apparently fillers are hyaluronic acid. It's just your skin. So it's fine. You can dose yeah, up on those. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come in like a puffer fish next time. You'll, yes, you'll, you will. You'll not be able to tell a thing. You won't. <laughs> but without further ado, we have Anna. Yay! Yay. Okay, so let me pronounce you. Let me pronounce your second name. It's Mint Sauce. I can't pronounce it. Right? Oh, it's right? Yeah. People say mitosis, but it's Mint Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> is it Greek? Is it Greek? It is a Greek surname. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, okay. Once you get the hang of it, it rolls uh-huh. easily. Yeah. Um, mine is Sir Sock, like Sir, like, hello, Sir, and then the sock on your foot. <laughs> <laughs> mine is uh, mine is pretty boring. It's just Manning, like Peyton Manning. I like I that. Love that. I like yeah. Manning. Hey. You've got a good name. So, yeah. Anna, what's Australia like right now? Can you let us in on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Well, we feel really lucky right now. And Mm. Tamin, um, I always feel for you when I see that, you know, you can't get out to playgrounds and things, but we're luckily not so affected by COVID. So we have the occasional lockdowns, which are for short periods, but we're sort of free to go out and about. And it's actually a beautiful day today. And I can see a sunny sky out there. And um, and we've been going to the beach and <laughs> doing all these things. We feel really, really lucky being out here. So we want you guys to all come. 
It oh. seems crazy that there's actually a real life happening outside of where we are because I have a friend in Australia that said it's completely, it feels like there is Normal, no pandemic. Right? Yeah. yeah. It feels like there's no pandemic. Mm. So the only thing that's really affecting us right now is that we can't do our trips to Europe or the US and that's probably the big one. Um, and otherwise, everything is pretty much back to normal. So we're going to movies on weekends and things and um, masks are off in Sydney, which is great. So mm. we feel really lucky and I do feel for you over there. So I know it's yeah. not so easy, especially with your tough winter and your snowstorms and things. And, um, mm. yeah, I really do feel for you. So I... It's, it's this this virus seems to have divided the world a little bit, hasn't it? And um, it's divided us on an individual basis, but also on a global basis. And I just can't wait until things are a little bit back to normality for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's such a crazy thing. But I think because we've been sort of in this pandemic, we've really been able to kind of slow down a little bit and really take the time to, you know, be at home and be with our families. And that also includes like our skincare, you know, because I feel like now I can give myself like an at home sort of facial and I have the time to gua sha and I have the time to like to try what? out new parts. Gua sha? <laughs> is it called gua sha? I, I love Did how I you just say that, that in that. <laughs> what the heck is gua sha? Um, gua sha? Gua <laughs> sha? And it's so true because I think what we've seen is like sales of skincare have really mm. lifted. Um, unfortunately, spas and beauty treatments aren't, aren't so high on, on that. Um, and even in Australia, that industry has been affected. But people really are looking after themselves. And that also includes things they're putting in their bodies. Um, and as Tamman said, I think it's allowed us to reflect on that and give us, given us time to like cook our own food or make our skincare products, even if, you know, we're that way inclined. Um, but really take that time to look after ourselves. And um, so there has been a great thing that has come out of it. Um, I think that makeup sales are really down, actually. But I'm a huge believer in looking good, regardless of whether you're going out to see anyone or not. I mean, why not put your makeup on when you wake up in the morning and just um, do your skincare routine, do everything you're doing, and then you feel great. It's it's an immediate uplift. Um, and I think that's what people are finding is that it makes them feel good. Um, mm -hmm. They're doing something good for themselves and for their skin and bodies. So um, why not continue, well, continue or even just start on that mm -hmm. good habit? Because it is all about habits, isn't it? I think what will happen is we'll develop these fantastic habits and they'll just flow into when things go back to normality, hopefully. Um, mm -hmm. People continue doing all of that self-care. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Edible Beauty and why you wanted to get into skincare in the first place. Because I know you're a naturopath. I know that's what um, uh, something that you've been doing for a very long time. So why did you decide to go to go on this path? Yeah, well, it's a really different career path, I guess. And I was um, incredibly happy um, working in a clinic environment as a naturopath. I was seeing people who had hormonal imbalances so it was a fertility clinic but all sorts of people were coming through um, and I think you can probably think of someone that has something like PCOS or endometriosis or some sort of a hormonal imbalance or even type 2 diabetes um, people seem to have have had one of these conditions or, or know of someone that has um, would you say that that's mm -hmm. true yes or, yes mean, quite different but Asia doesn't seem to have these issues as much but um, I think in the US it's just as as much as Australia. Yeah. And so what I was seeing these women, some of them quite young, and they were coming in and they were basically um, having estrogen imbalances, testosterone imbalances. They might be having trouble with having a baby. 
having, um, you know, really heavy periods, et cetera, or lots of PMS. And so one of the first things I would do is in addition to changing their diet and also putting them on some strong herbs and um, awful sort of elixirs, which which taste awful but really did the job with hormones, mm-hmm. they would um, be told to change their beauty products. And that's everything from deodorant to skincare to body wash to makeup. And, um, and I'm the sort of person who wants to recommend brands to people. So I'd be like, oh, well, I really need to recommend something that these people can use because I want to try it. I want to vouch for it. I want to know that it works so they don't feel like they're missing out on anything. And it was so strange because at that time, it was 2013, um, and I was looking at, at options. I was looking at health food shops. That's where we seem to find our natural skincare products, looking at the back of the ingredient labels, and that wasn't much out there. There were things that just didn't look edible. And I sort of thought, oh, well, we do absorb 60% of what we put on our skin. So it's almost as important as what we're putting in our bodies. And I'll explain that in a minute. But why is it that there's nothing edible on the market? I thought, oh, my goodness, like I actually have to make something. And so um, I was living in this like pokey apartment and I um, started buying all these ingredients like mm-hmm. coconut or cocoa butter, shea butter, and then an essential oils and rose water. And I started um, going over to my mum's place. She had one of those old school kitchen aid mixes. And I started um, mixing all of these ingredients together and, and making pots of whipped body butters and mm-hmm. um, vitamin E oils and giving them to my clients and to friends and family. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. And I thought, I need to take this a little step further. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I sort of went more into a commercial mode and actually started um, creating the products in a proper <laughs> packaged form and um, putting the correct preservatives in to make them shelf stable and they are natural preservatives. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden we had this line that was edible. So all the ingredients literally sort of good enough and safe enough to put in your mouth. And that's the whole mm-hmm. concept behind it is that um, I think it is so confusing. And I sort of, I'm doing what you said, Tam, and I'm sort of changing thoughts now and sort of going on this other little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> people, isn't it? I think it kind of makes it a little bit clear is like if it's good enough to eat, then it's good enough to put on your skin. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's natural, there's organic standards, there's clean beauty now, there's green beauty, there's even blue beauty, which um, I don't know if you've heard about. Um, And so we sort of take all of that confusion out and we just sort of say, well, our ingredients has that edible purity standard. And Mm -hmm. so that's how it's created. Um, And then the sort of flip side to that is like edible beauty has a two sort of pronged approach with skincare is that what we're putting inside our bodies is just as important so we have a range of ingestible products and I'm drinking one of our teas now um, and they're designed to, to address problems on the inside which may be contributing to skincare issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the brand, I guess, how it came about in a bit of a nutshell. Um, I hope, yeah, I hope yeah. yeah, that's really interesting and I like the edible sort of um, side to it, you know. But here's my thing with natural beauty and, uh, and you know, all the buzzwords, you know, they're, it's natural, it's clean, which is great. I mean, you obviously don't want to put harmful things on your body or in your body, but here's my thing. I feel like in the past when I've tried mm-hmm. things that are like a hundred percent organic or like, you know, quote unquote, very clean, natural, yes. the efficacy isn't there. Like it's mm-hmm. not as effective as something that might have not necessarily chemicals in it, but maybe it's not like a hundred percent organic. So how do you kind of, um, how do you make sure that your products actually work? 
Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Mm. And it is a tricky thing with natural products because you mm. can go to that really purest level of natural where you're literally only putting like seeds and oils on your skin. And, and that mm. um, that could work for some people. Um, we love using Australian extracts in our products. And these Australian native extracts have actually been um, studied um, in Southern Cross University, which is a, a Queensland university just north of um, Australia. And they're doing all these amazing studies showing that these ingredients have these incredible antioxidant properties. Mm. So they're basically growing in wild areas of Australia, arid regions of Australia, and they're being forced to survive. So they developed this super strong antioxidant defense system. I call them antioxidants on hormones. And they then um, are able to transfer, those plants transfer those ingredients or those properties to our skin. And it's in the form of anti-aging ingredients, um, anti-aging properties, hydrating properties, and we notice that using those ingredients makes a significant difference to the efficacy of our products. But I totally hear you. It's hard to know if the products are going to work. Mm-hmm. I do think what's happened is that that we consumers really raise that bar with natural beauty now. They're demanding that things work, and they and you will find brands that actually can vouch for efficacy. So I think looking for ingredients that have any sort of cl- clinical studies behind them, or looking at even studies that. A lot of brands are investing in, in on their own um, products as well. So we've got a fantastic um, study done on our number three serum, mm. and we had over eighty percent of people saying that they've noticed a difference by using that product over a period of four weeks. Um, and so the eighty percent of people noticed improved hydration, visually reduced um, fine lines, and things. And so I think if you delve a little bit deeper, so I think it is it does probably require a little bit of more research into what you're buying, and then you can find something that you're probably like 90% certain it's going to work for your skin. Um, And I think it is a little bit of trial and error sometimes as well. It is sort of looking out for brands that, you know, giving them a sample, you know, trying samples or giving them a try and um, trying to delve your way through that little maze of everything out there and what will work for you. Um, But it's such a good question. I think that's probably people's biggest reservation when they're switching over to natural beauty products because, you don't want to use something that's not going to work for you, mm-hmm. even if it is 100% pure. Mm-hmm. It's it. interesting because, you know, I, <clears throat> I've i tried a lot of different natural beauty brands and some of the beauty brands are 500 to $600 for one product. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, you can't charge $600 if it's not going to work. So I bought it. No, just kidding. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I look so much younger. Um, no. Um, so I do think that natural beauty, like Anna is saying, is coming a long way because people yeah. are demanding to have natural beauty and they're also demanding for it to work. Um, because I do agree with you, Roxy. I have mm-hmm. been down that road and there's a lot of brands that don't work for me um especially when it comes to sunscreen or even concealers because it's like that chalky thing that you Mm -hmm. can't really find that isn't a chemical Mm -hmm. um and then what my question was my next question is we've had a lot of different people in this um field on the podcast and everyone has different beliefs right I do believe it makes way more sense. Like we were talking to um, Alicia Vitti, who's a hormone therapist. I do believe that what you put on your skin or on your body does affect um, hormones and does affect um, mental health or uh, getting pregnant, all of that. Now, we've had people on this podcast, too, that have said that the amounts of chemicals or disruptors or endocrine disruptors that are in your products are not enough to actually really create havoc in your body. So Mm -hmm. what do you feel about that? 
Well, that's a really good point. And this is really interesting. And I'm glad you raised this because um, it, there is so, so many different schools of thought here. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, uh, for instance, a shampoo product and it's got um, sulfates in it and you'll look at um, the safety. So a safety data sheet is a, a, a sheet that comes with an ingredient that tells you how toxic it is in what capacity. And there's nowhere near enough sulfate in a bottle of shampoo to cause any level of toxicity. Does that make sense? So technically, Mm. that product's very safe. (laughs) But my school of thought, and not necessarily the correct school of thought, but it is that these toxins can accumulate in our cells Mm-hmm. over time and so there's this bioaccumulation factor and they're not being released um, and so over a period of time which is thing you know something we don't really have a lot of studies on um, we don't know what the effects of those toxins right. will be because so it's not good say- business right just to interject it's not good business to have studies on it because think about not all the products really. that would not be allowed if there was studies on this done on that that's spot on and I think um something I sort of mentioned is that we're using products from such a young age and you know young girls are getting into the nail polish they're getting into lipstick and you know that's great but over a period of time you just think oh they're going to keep on using those products until they're 70 or more (laughs) you don't stop really and so what's happened to the What's happened to those levels of toxins in or chemicals in the skin um, over that period of time? And I, I think where the whole sort of fear mongering came out of, you know, um, came out of uh, sulfates and parabens was that there was um, a paraben found um, in a cancerous breast cell. And I think that's when everyone sort of went, oh, gosh, um, parabens cause breast cancer. But, again, mm-hmm. you can't make that jump. And I, I think you need to sort of think about the long-term view. So I sort of take this back and sort of say, well, we're not 100% certain maybe, but we sort of know that they're not that great for us. Mm-hmm. And why don't we just take a balanced approach and why don't we just become more conscious of what's in our products and where we can just start actually making the switch um, and then not get too caught up in the fact that we have this favorite body butter that's not natural. Body butter is probably not the right one. Probably shampoo. Shampoo I find mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that we can't switch that, but we've made an effort to switch a lot of other things. So, yeah, I'm of that view that we just need to be a little bit balanced and um, I guess just be really conscious. And I think that's where um, many, many people are sort of struggling to to make that leap to start to know what's in the, the products. We're doing that so fantastically with our food, but not so much with our mm-hmm. skincare. So, um yeah, the, the hormone imbalance thing is a, a huge one and, and there's so many um, uh, um, debates going on about it out there. But I, I would have, yeah, I'm definitely always thought that, we, yeah, there is a long-term effect of using these products on our skin, um, not so much using them on a one-off basis or a small amount, but over a period of time there would be. So here's the thing too, because we hear it all the time in the States and that is, you know, clean beauty, natural beauty, 100% organic, like name your buzzword, you know, products can slap pretty much anything they want on a bottle of something and call it natural or call it, you know, organic or what have you. So I don't know how it is in Australia, but like, how can we as consumers be for sure that we're actually getting something that is not harmful and that Mm -hmm. is clean and that'll be good for us. Like what is the best way to kind of figure that out? 
That's such a good question. And I think you're spot on. Like natural doesn't mean that it's necessarily got a very safe ingredient list and neither does organic actually. And sometimes we fall for that, um, that sort of trap of organic ingredients. But then we look at the back on the back and there's a fragrance in there. That's a huge one actually. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But um, I think the first step is really just to start to know the ingredients that you want to look out for. So I think, you know, the very basic step is actually looking out for sulfates, parabens, and phthalates, which are a little bit harder, but they actually come under the title of fragrance. Mm-hmm. So if you need to become familiar with anything that ends in like an, a, a sulfate, like a, a sodium lauryl sulfate or something like that, SLS might be called, um, I would sort of see clear of that. Um, parabens are often preservative. So anything, um, often even things like phenoxyethanol, which is a preservative. So starting to get to know some of the preservatives in, in products, which are so natural because I think what what we tend to find is that even the natural brands are using things that are not that natural mm-hmm. um so parabens are a big preservative used um and you'll notice that in the in the ingredient list of just flipping over the bottle as a start and looking at the parabens and looking at the sulfates um and then looking out for that fragrance perfume if it's not natural if it's synthetic it can have up to 500 chemicals inside it which is huge um, and um, the company using that product doesn't have to disclose that because it's proprietary to that company. So um, phthalates are a huge source of infertility. In, in studies, they've shown that people with high levels of phthalates in their urine actually have higher levels of infertility. So I find that fragrance is a really tricky one. So I would start to look out for those ingredients. And anything you're not sure about, there's a fantastic site called the Environmental Working Group. It's EWG. And they have an app called the Think Dirty app. And you can find individual scores on ingredients and you can get a sense for what whether they're you know toxic or not and then I would qualify that further by saying when you look at that site look further and see what they're saying is it the allergen that that could be potentially there if it's an allergen then you would want to just avoid that if you're sensitive Um, but if there's things like immunological studies done and toxic studies done on it and they're all showing that it's a score of five 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 or six or seven or eight or nine or 10, I think it goes up to 10, then you'd want to avoid it. So red is really bad when you see that popping up on that side. So um, it is a little bit of work. It does sound like it's it's a little bit hard, but I would have to say that once you start doing it, you become an expert pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. um, you will be able to distinguish what's good for you and what's not. And you'll be able to just um, avoid looking at even any marketing on the front of the the packet. I've fallen for it so many times where I've been sold something. I'm like, oh, it looks like it's so green and natural Mm -hmm. and I take it home. I'm like, how did I fall for that? Mm -hmm. I still do it with food sometimes, especially for my baby where, you know, you look at the list and you think it's, you look at the um, branding, you think it's fine. You're like, oh, my goodness, why didn't I look at the ingredients list? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is a little bit of education and just a little bit of time to start to get to f- get familiar with those terms and what you should be avoiding. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I noticed that I've been paying a lot of attention to my cycle. Yes. And I... What are you in I, right now? What cycle? I'm in the, I'm in the really <laughs> effing... <laughs> Perfect place. I have about 10 days of my cycle in the luteal phase, which is just after I drop my egg, just after I ovulate. Kim and we're on the same. Oh, which is not great. I mean, it's great for us. Like we'll get on, but it's not great because it's always good to have someone like um, Elisa Vidi said it, who's not in the same cycle Uh because it, 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 it forces each other to push 
push each other. Meaning like if you're in the follicular phase, yeah. you're more of a thinker. And if oh. you're in the luteal, you're more like of a analyzer. If and we're, in the drink, we're in the drinking, we're in the drinking, right now. <laughs> yeah, we're in the drinking phase. Anyway. So the luteal phase for me is, is great because my progesterone like mm. is high. You know, when, when, when I read up on progesterone, they say that's when you get really sleepy for me, progesterone makes me feel normal, mm. which means that I, do think that I have some kind of imbalance. So when my estrogen level jumps at about day seven, I've tracked this for a year now, between day seven and day 12, I'm hor horrific. I, I suffer from like panic attacks. Uh, I suffer anxiety. I I'm quick to, to, to get aggressive. And then the minute I ovulate, I have this period of just feeling like myself. It's wonderful. So from something's happening from day seven to day 12, and that's when your estrogen level spikes. So I want to know about that buzzword uh, endocrine disruptors mm -hmm. and, and what that is and what they are, because I feel like that could help me in that period of seven, you know, day seven to, and don't day text me, don't text me, Roxy on day seven. <laughs> oh my God. You'll be like, I'll be giving nice. you no exclamation marks and no hearts. Okay. <laughs> oh, you notice that then I know Then I know Then I know if there's no emojis, if there's no emojis, I'm in my ovulation phase. Okay. So, um, so you're, you're probably the sort of, I guess like high estrogen can affect people differently. And that, this is where I, I find it really interesting with women because some women just thrive in that first year after their pregnancy um, and the, or during pregnancy and other women are just terrible like during the pregnancy or after. It's just so different for everyone. And we all respond to hormones differently. But um, in terms of estrogen, um, the huge thing is, um, and you mentioned it, endocrine disruption relates a lot to xenoestrogens. And xeno is um, a prefix for sort of like a fake estrogen. And we find that there's a lot of like fake estrogens around, um, and I'm not sure if this even relates to you, Tamin, but they are in our skincare. They are in the, you know, the air that we breathe. They are in our plastic. Um, plastic is a huge one. Um, and they can be in a lot of foods as well. So I find that the, the best way to start reduce, so firstly, wait, before I say, tell you what to do, so what happens is with these xenoestrogens, they act like they are estrogen in your body. So they bind onto the receptor sites mm -hmm. and they can therefore lead to a spiking, uh, an imbalance of estrogen, I should say, um, relative to um, testosterone or progesterone. And then they can also um, create an estrogen excess, which is then, I guess, as an extreme form of estrogen excess, we would get things like insulin resistance or, you know, type 2 diabetes or even um, some of the hormonal cancers out there. Mm -hmm. So excess estrogen isn't really our friend. Um, so what do we do to avoid it? Um, well, the, the first thing is, like, start to look at where you might be using a lot of plastic, start to look at, and when you, you do use glass, and so such a huge believer in glass packaging and um, it's not convenient at all it's awful for traveling but it keeps all of those um, BPAs out and other um, uh, hormone disruptors in plastic out of the picture mm -hmm. and so um, plastic is found everywhere though. I think the big one is like things that we use to store our uh, food in, um, things that we heat up our food with and, and so on. So that's sort of like basic things. Um, and, of course, our skincare. So a lot of these things that we're talking about, these chemicals, um, well, the, I shouldn't say chemicals, the, the sulfates and parabens that we're using in our skincare, they can be xenoestrogen. So they can behave like estrogen. The phthalates are a big one. They can bind into our estrogen receptor sites and not allow our proper estrogen to work properly. 
The other thing you can actually do is you can start eating um, some foods that are naturally high in phytoestrogens. And phytoestrogens um, get a bit of a bad rap, but from a naturopath sort of standpoint, they're actually good because they actually, um, actually work like estrogen in the body, but the good estrogen versus the bad estrogen. And they'll bind onto our estrogen receptor sites and not allow the bad ones to bind on, if that sort of makes any sort of sense. So um, I love things like edamame beans and um any sort of um, fermented um, tofu, like tempeh, is a great one. Um, and like pure soybeans, like not so much your processed soy um, because that's not great. But things like that, even sort of legumes and, and that going back to sort of those foods which we seem to not have a lot of, but they are high in phytoestrogens. Even foods with a lot of antioxidants can be great for us in that respect as well. Um, so I guess that's sort of like a basic step. And then taking the next step is like looking um, a little bit more further and things like uh, vitamins, um, like vitamin B6, um, folate, all of those can help with our detoxification processes and even foods can help with basically binding and removing any excess sort of estrogen or hormones. So I find fiber is a great one. And I'm you, if you've sort of read any um, articles that I've written around this, and I probably haven't mentioned it for a little while, but I am huge on flaxseed meal or linseed meal is what you would call it because that's got these things called lignans, which actually um, help to bind excess um, hormones and remove them from the body as well. So I sort of say pop like two or I'd say three tablespoons of this flaxseed meal into your porridge or your smoothie or whatever it is that you're having every day. It's a fantastic way of helping to um, balance hormones as well. Um, so fiber and leafy greens and all of those sort of basic things, which just sort of sounds so boring. And I just always like try to avoid talking about it too much because it almost sounds so basic, but it's so important and we do forget. Um, I was having this conversation yesterday over dinner. I was saying, like, how many veggies do you have every day? I don't know what your USDA I so many. <laughs> do you? I you do. You must be I, pooping right I, in just, I mean, I only poop once a day, um, but I definitely, it's pretty beautiful. And um, I'll probably have to take this out of the podcast, but it's just like, I'm very proud of my morning. Um, and it, it's always at eight o'clock too. It's like on the nose, eight o'clock. I mean, if I get two in, I'm like so proud of myself. No. Um, you, but I I'm eat surprised a lot, you haven't like, taken a picture and texted it to me. Oh, I, I, I send it. Don't worry, I send them to my mom. Um, but you can be next. You can okay. be next in line, Roxy, thank and then you, Anna will you. be the third. Um, my husband has said that he will divorce me if he sees one more picture from me. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, I eat so many vegetables. I, I, I mean, my whole life is vegetables. I eat, I eat cauliflower rice for lunch with vegetables. That's just all vegetables, isn't it? <laughs> A lot of vegetables in there. I'm like the other way. I'm more like the leafy greens, which you need a whole lot more of. Like you need a cup of leafy greens to make up one serve. And I, I, did, I do think I'm getting at least five just the leafy greens. So I'm, I'm really into the leafy greens. Um, but, yeah, I just think basic things like that is are you getting your standard serve of, of five? We say five veggies and two fruits, but it could be different for you. I think it's similar. I think it's five and a half or something. But maybe it's more. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really important. And, um Again, like the, the, the fiber in that will help as well. And then looking at your lifestyle, looking at the products you're using on your body and your skin um, is spot on. And also a big one is fragrances in, um, I sort of just don't stop talking about fragrances as you'll, as you'll notice because it's just they're everywhere. 
not only what we're putting directly on our skin, but in all of our like cleaning products and mm. um, a lot of things like our air freshener and things that we're using in the air, try to avoid using that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since we already brought up poop, I was like, <laughs> how are you? How's your poop, Roxy? You did well, not, you did not give the skinny <laughs> on your poop. Okay. okay. The skinny on my poop is, is it's that. skinny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've actually been so. I get so bummed when it is too skinny. I'm like, oh, oh I'm so- I wanted to poop more. You know, I know like- it needs to- everyone oh, poops. Gonna- like people are yes. so probably mad at this part of the the podcast, but everyone poops. The queen yes. poops. You know everybody what I mean? Everybody poops. And it does everyone not poops. Frozen, Angelique Jolie okay? yeah. poops. Okay. True, <laughs> and we're not we're not doing it ideally. But I have a good recommendation for that. I, um, sweet potato and pumpkin are fantastic mm. for that sort of fiber which the peas i heard it was the peas like potato pumpkin papaya right and another tip and i love these is um chia seeds and if you are you have used chia seeds before yes. they're fantastic if you just soak them overnight, like make an overnight porridge, because then you get like your oats and you can pop any other sort of superfoods in there, um, a bit of coconut yogurt or something like that. And those seeds, um, because they um, they actually expand a lot, you've probably seen them when you've soaked them overnight. Mm-hmm. They're not so good when you just have them like that. But when they're soaked overnight, they provide that bulk, which you need, um, one, to make you feel full, but also to help to bulk that stool. So I would poo. <laughs> I say stool. Bulk, th- so, bulk that stool. <laughs> Everyone's like, and now we, we go back and look at like the podcast episode. And we're like, oh, at 42 minutes in, everyone has dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's our, like, so what so happened so at 42 <laughs> minutes? Yeah. What happened? Wait, so, how, so many times, how many times should we be pooping from a naturopath's perspective? Yeah. How many times should we be pooping? Like, should we yeah. be pooping well, once a day or more than that? Or you tell us. Yeah. Uh, I'm a pretty, like, lenient naturopath. And I always say once a day is really <laughs> yeah. You're a nice naturopath. Yeah. <laughs> but you might find some people who would say it's more like two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's almost sort of saying that we need to sort of be clearing out, you know, a little bit more than what we're doing. Um, I, I don't think that's crucial, to be honest. I think once a day, I... I I would say that if you're not going once a day, that you would want to be doing some work on your digestive system. Definitely once a day. Colonics? Are you a fan of colonics? Oh, I used to do them all the time. Yeah. No, no, no. I haven't. I haven't. But I used to. And one of my first dates with my husband, (laughs) I was like, hey, honey, we're like dating for two months. I was like, I want you to come to this new thing with me and try this out. And he was like, and, and then when they said the form, it says, what are the reason you're here? And you're supposed to say like, oh, because like I have low fiber. I don't like whatever the reason he wrote Tamman. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the first and only time I have ever gotten a colonic, I went and I was, I was with a friend and they had a choice. They had a choice of or two friends and they only had two plastic pipes and then one metal one. And me and the other, we all drew straws. I'm like, I'm gonna take the plastic one. And so I got the plastic one, but I got too freaked out on the table to release. So I so pulled it. Go. Well, I pulled it out of my butt and I ran to the toilet because I was so oh, freaked out about pooping. My God. <laughs> I'm so that's I right because you don't like to poop and like you like really don't like the pooping thing you've no. like locked that door yes. like ironclad you have like four padlocks on that door <laughs> yes. I'm yes. like I can anyone can walk in I really don't care if you're famous not famous part of my family 
I mean, family, not part of my family. We could have a conversation and cook a meal. Tim, and how have we not done a podcast with you on the toilet? Um, we probably have. I just haven't told you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, Anna. I'm yes. so sorry. Colonics. But I want to ask one question. I want to ask. So sorry, we're asking colonics. Yes. yes, let's talk about colonics. Is it yes. good for you or is it not good for you? Yeah. That question is. I've got a very specific view on this, and I don't believe in the one. There's two methods. I don't know what the first method is called, but the first method actually pumps a lot of water into your colon, into the mm-hmm. large colon, and it flushes out a lot of. I would say a lot of everything, like including good bacteria. Um, and so I don't find that method. Fantastic. But there's this awesome method. It's called the gravity method. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only one place here in Sydney that does it. But I think it's everywhere in the US um, as it is with these things. And this um, actually just actually gives that the rectum kind of like that push to start that peristaltic movement. And you just release on your own. So it's not really the water that is actually flushing up through the colon. Mm-hmm. Um and it works really well because it's almost just reminding your body of what that peristaltic movement is. Mm-hmm. And you can almost feel like your colon is starting to, you know, crunch up and down a little bit. Um, and it feels like you've had a workout. It's really good. And it doesn't disrupt too much of, of anything really. So um, I don't think that they're um, harmful at all. Even the other methods, not harmful. I would just not you know, rely on them, I guess you'd want your body to be doing it on its own. Um, but definitely if you're needing um, that support, I would probably just say once a month or something would be the maximum you'd want to be doing it. Or if you're doing a cleanse over six weeks, then maybe doing it every week for that time and then giving it a rest. Um, but they're definitely helpful, especially if you're having troubles in that department. Cause yeah. it's spiritual to some people, you know, I mean, people, my really husband's spirit. Like it. I I've never seen him on the toilet for 15 years. I don't even know if he goes, <laughs> he probably does there's like three doors that are locked. He's like, I gotta go. And I'm like, um, I'd like to get back in the house, please. You've locked me outside <laughs> with the kids and we're all in the snow and it's so cold. <laughs> he probably poops in little boxes and ties it up with a bow and like drops them in the snow <laughs> and buries them. <laughs> probably. It's so cute. It's so cute. He's not going to let me release his podcast. Um, okay. And, I wanted to talk because we talked about this on our live before and this is fascinating to me because I always have felt like there is a mental health gut connection and skin connection so gut Mm. mental health skin and so and mood all of it um and we were talking on my live and we accidentally fell into this topic about talking about how your gut actually produces serotonin Mm, and without your gut being in good shape. And so many of our guts aren't in good shape is why a lot of us suffer from depression, anxiety, skin issues, mood issues Mm. is because our guts are not in good shape. That's so true. And there are so many studies now well, there were quite a few studies to start with, I guess, on that gut mood connection. And 80% of the serotonin is found in your gut, um, which you've just mentioned, Taman. Um, but there are so many studies now proving this. And there's um, studies showing that people who have, for instance, um, imbalanced gut flora tend to have more rosacea or to tend to have more acne um, and things like this. And even psoriasis is a huge one linked to the gut. So, yeah, there is definitely this gut and skin connection and gut and brain connection, which no one can deny now. And I think this is a really good, um, uh, you know, such a a helpful message to people who are having some of these issues with either mental health or with their skin to just start paying attention to what is going inside because 
Sometimes your serums and cleansers will help, but sometimes you actually need to go a little bit further and like look inside and see what's going on with your gut. Um, and one of these terms in the naturopathic world that's kind of thrown around quite a lot is this leaky gut. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you've got holes in your gut, literally, but it does mean that particles are going through from the gut into the blood and reaching either the brain um, or are just coming into the bloodstream themselves and acting um, to disrupt your immune system, um, causing an inflammatory response. Um, a lot of the kids who have, uh, this is sort of going off topic, but kids who have autism, they sort of say their brain's on fire, they often have a lot of issues going on with their gut. Um, and so once you heal that gut lining, once you stop those particles from going through into the bloodstream and through into the through the blood um, brain barrier, mm. then you can help a lot of those symptoms. Um, so what causes a leaky gut? Um, mm. I guess that's probably the first question because um well, there, there is a test um, that used to be done in clinics quite a lot, in naturopathic clinics, and it used to test um, dysbiosis in the gut, which just means a gut imbalance, fermentation and things that are going on that shouldn't be. Mm. And almost everyone was coming up with some kind of a gut issue, obviously varying levels, but I think we all have a level of a, a disrupted gut because stress can throw it out. We can have foods that we're eating, especially sugar and processed foods, things which aren't being broken down properly Um Also, um, uh, just our lifestyle is like if we are sort of, um, you know, hardcore on on drinking and things like that, just getting just depleted really Um, and that gut can start to, uh, gluten and dairy is a big one. So many things can actually affect that gut. Um, And it's interesting because we, I'm a, you know, I'm such a believer that our lifestyle, like stress is such a huge one. Because what stress does is it depletes all of our magnesium, all of our zinc, all of our vitamin C. That's used to produce cortisol. And what happens is our um, hydrochloric acid, which is the first step in our digestive process, needs these nutrients. Not so much the vitamin C, but definitely the zinc. And once once that zinc is depleted because it's gone off to trying to make all of these adrenal hormones, Mm. we can't produce hydrochloric acid. And that's the first step in our digestive process. So people often say to me, oh, they can't digest their protein. Like they feel like the protein is kind of just sitting in their their gut. And often that is they're not producing enough acid to break down that protein. What happens to that protein? It sits there. We eat our sugary milkshake or something, um, and then that ferments, and then that causes a lot of disruption. Um, eventually, you compile that over days and months and a period of time of stress um, and eating badly, and then um, this these fermented bad bacteria start mm. to almost like grow. Um, well, I, I don't know how much to 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 um, graphic with this but they sort of start to eat away at the gut wall and that's when we get these leaks coming in and that's why the the dairy and the gluten proteins can start going into the bloodstream causing this response in our immune system Mm -hmm. it's like oh my goodness these are foreign particles they shouldn't be in here we get all of this skin redness inflammation Um, we start feeling like our joints are swollen um, and, and that's almost just like that immune response to something that's related to our gut. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of simplifying it a little bit, but um, there are so many factors. So I think um, 
you know, what do you do about stress? It's a huge one, but obviously mm. we have to live with stress. And so finding coping mechanisms and meditation and so on. Um, but making sure you're getting all your nutrients. Mm. Are you getting like your, your zinc and your vitamin C? Are you having your um, antioxidants, your fruits, which have a lot of vitamin C mm. in them, your berries and things like that? Um, and is your um, immune system in check and is your gut in check are you doing all of those things is the hormone thing relates to this as well you're doing all the fiber you're doing all the greens etc um and and that will all also help get that gut in place so i'm sorry town i just like i have no one. it's fascinating yeah. i'm like um, yeah because yeah, i feel like you eat like sugar at night time because we mm. all do like we're stressed and then the kids go to bed and even now I'm like snacking on chocolate chips <laughs> and my husband has such a sweet tooth and he has no desire to stop it which is like you know he doesn't drink or smoke or do drugs so it's like okay give him like, just give him these chocolate chips um like what else can he do I do think like you know we just consume so much sugar and I feel it because I just I know that and that the word is candida which is like yeast I just mm, know yeah. that we're all probably suffering from all that candida, which has so many symptoms because of it. But the scary thing about candida and yeast and all that, what you're talking about is when you really want to kill it off. And when you really want to stop eating those foods, you have such a strong die off, or at least I do that. Yeah. It's almost, I'm, it's almost being scared to stop sugar because, and I believe that sugar is way more um, addictive than in cocaine. But when you do stop that sugar, you get such a rebound effect. Mm. Like you, I mean, it's horrible. Like you get, you almost feel like you're sick. You can get yeast infections. Um, you get migraines and it's all your body dying this yeast off, but it's like, you have to kind of do that to get better. Right. Yeah, you do. And I, I think with that also is um, when you're doing it, using things that are going to support you. Like I think that um, that fiber is really important because that can bind some of those things coming out and remove it. Mm -hmm. Charcoal is a great one just to use for a short period whilst you're going through that detox and that can alleviate some of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. But you're spot on. It's almost like you have to push through it. Um, and then it's funny because it doesn't take long and the, the, the palate doesn't adjust and you start to really notice something super sweet yes, once you yes. stop having sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a type 1 diabetic and I've not been eating anything too sugary for a, you know, a long period of time. And occasionally when I will pick something up, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it's really, really, it tastes really almost artificial. Um, so I think your body does adjust and it yeah. does get you to not eating those things and you also start to find alternatives and I think that's a big thing is start to look for what you can eat and that's mm. a huge thing with um any sort of type 1 or type 2 diabetics or people going through this detox is that um write a list of all the awesome things mm. that you can have and focus mm. on those because they're the ones that will get you through um this crazy time and um there are sugar alternatives too one of my favorites is stevia because you can mm -hmm. um use it as an alternative some people hate it but um i'm, I'm not such a um I don't dislike it and I use that a little bit if I want to sweeten something with some um, something I'm baking. So you can definitely use alternatives. Um, but, yeah, I mean, sugar is almost as potent. Or it, I think it is more potent than cocaine. Right. That's what right. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to quit. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, 
Does sugar also contribute? Because I was talking to a dietitian a year or two ago, and she was saying, you know, we get a, this really bad buildup of mold in our bodies, which I didn't mm. realize. Like, we actually grow mold. Like, I know good bacteria, and that's great. You look moldy. <laughs> I look a little moldy right now, right? It's all this, like, <laughs> yeah. pandemic. I'm just looking at you. I'm going, mold. Okay, yeah. Mold. See, I'm having that mold glow. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so she was telling me about this like mold overgrowth that you can get in your bodies. And I believe she said to do the candida diet for that purpose. But um, I didn't know if you had any other, you know, ideas about how to read your body of mold. Yeah. Well, I actually not exactly sure what, what um, your, your um, person was talking about. Um, there's a huge thing going on though with mold toxicity. And maybe that's okay. what she meant. Yeah. I think that's what she oh, meant. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing in the, the mold and like you're in, um, a place like a um, in a home that's prone to mold or dampness, um, that you can get these crazy symptoms, like where you're bedridden, and you know people don't know what it is, and then they mm-hmm. they might sort of go down this route where they find out that it is, you know, that they're, they're breathing in the mold, and I guess actually that would then be creating some possibly um, possibly mold in the body. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's almost exactly the same thing. Um, but the biggest um, way to solve that quickly as well is to remove that mold. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise that mm. you don't get get healed. It is there is some doctors that are specializing in this whole mold um area of health, um, people affected by it. And I would definitely recommend you would contact them because there's specific protocols for that, which I don't feel like I'm competent in explaining, but there's like prescription medication you would use to help with removing that mold Mm. um, and things that you could definitely do. But definitely that diet would be helpful because that would then also help to heal or remove that um that those that toxin or that overgrowth in the body as well so yeah that's huge and um i you know i would say anyone who's had that sort of chronic fatigue or something like that going on they would want to maybe look at this um as a source of that as well mm-hmm. well we should ask one or two more questions about beauty and then we'll do maybe a, a true a true a true or false um but there's a, there's, a, there's a few questions i wanted to ask about natural skincare and about edible beauty and so I feel like, okay, so can we talk about oils? Because I feel like oils break me out. And um, dry they, oils are too, Tam? They like just even the always, I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't know if it's because sometimes I'm so exhausted that I'm not cleaning my face pro- properly. Mm-hmm. And so when I put the oils on my face, it's like my, my pores aren't um, clean enough. So they kind of mm-hmm. go in and dirty the pores and I, I get pimples. Um, which is probably the case. I just get so exhausted that I don't wash my my face as well as I should, or if it's just that my face reacts to oils. But when it's when it's more of um, you know, Edible Beauty has a anti aging serum and they have a collagen serum which is great for anti aging, and it's like that different texture that never breaks me out. But when I put oils on, like like thick oils, like grapeseed oil or whatever it is, I definitely break out. I would, yeah, I would say with that, it's a little bit tricky with those. And I wouldn't say that it's your skin um, doing something wrong or that there's something wrong with your skin type and not cleaning enough and that's why you don't respond well to the oils because oils can definitely break you out. I mean, a big one, and I know you haven't said this, but a big one I find is people say, oh, coconut oil breaks me out. And mm. people have literally been putting coconut oil from the jar onto their face as a moisturiser. <laughs> yeah. And um and, and I'm like, I'll oh, put it all over your body. That's great. Like use it on your body because it's a fantastic hydrator. But on your skin, it can actually clog pores um, because 
basically what it does, it just sits on the skin surface. So then what you're getting is you're, you're trapping your, your pores. Your pores can't breathe. Um, that bacteria is starting to build up and then you're breaking out. Mm. So I totally get that. Like some oils will just sit on the skin surface and they will actually break you out. Mm. Um, and that's, that's, you know, completely normal. But I would say that if you find the right oil for your skin and, um, and an oil which has ingredients which are, um, they call them, um, non-comedogenic, which means that they don't actually clog your pores, um, or it contains oils which almost like carrier oils. And one of the beautiful oils we use is called camellia seed oil. And this is a, um, a, from a plant that the Japanese people absolutely love. They use this oil in its pure form um, on the skin, and they say it has these incredible anti-aging and antioxidant benefits. But the beauty of this oil, it all comes down to the structure of the oil, is that the oil has these, what they call them, long-chain fatty acids, which means that they can go deeply into the skin and they mm. just don't sit on the skin surface. Mm. So that, those oils sort of go into the skin um, and then they actually hydrate. So they're not going to cause the breakouts, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it all comes down to the structure of the oil. Mm. Um, but if you feel like, you know, you're not sure. If you sort of try and you can sort of Google this information. But if, you know, you have something which has a blend of oils um, and then there's something like, and this is what we do with our formulas, we use the camellia seed in it and then it helps to transport all the oils in, mm -hmm. um, then we find that people aren't getting those clogged pores. Um, so, again, every skin type is different. So try things out on your skin. Um, but generally oils... Providing that they're non-comedogenic shouldn't be doing that, but I would not advise on using your grapeseed oil straight from the, you know, bottle or your coconut oil on your face. Or just olive oil, yeah. Olive oil, yeah. Olive oil is fantastic on the body. Like I actually just think, you know, it's beautiful on the body, especially for things like redness. Um, I'll smell like I'll smell like uh, 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 your favorite Italian restaurant. Yeah, I'll smell like <laughs> or like my eggs with olive oil on them. <laughs> I'm like, honey, come over here. I'm all lathered up. And, uh, Ready to go. <laughs> I love the smell. Like, yeah, uh, I'm very biased, but yeah. I do. I do like olive oil. I yeah, do. I do. <laughs> Just maybe not on my whole body, but um, but no. Yeah. So, what is the product that you said had the special oil in it that that was that was um, that's in yeah, your products? Yeah, so we that in all of our products actually that are cream or um, oil based so we have a cleansing milk which actually uses that in there but we also um, have it in our snowflower illuminating face oil um, and that's um, an oil that we say is great for dry skin types and I don't have that one in front of me we've also got the exotic cedar butte oil which is more of a dry type of oil mm. and that has things like squalane in it mm -hmm. um, it's mm. I love corn. squalane yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. We, I love it. And that's also in our natural retinol product as well, which has the, the cutiole. It's got the squalane um, and it's got the um, some other beautiful extracts in there for anti-aging. Um, but, yeah, so that's in our number four vanilla silk lotion, which is a lotion, our Cocoa Bliss Intensive Repair Cream, which is just like a night cream, and then in um, that snowflower oil that I had mentioned. So, um we, we do use those non-comedogenic oils. Um, and I was just going to say on another point, though, maybe look at your oils as well and look at whether there's any essential oils which might be breaking you out because sometimes mm -hmm. the natural brands will use those essential oils as well, which could cause breakouts. Mm -hmm. um, so lavender, um, tea tree, um, I feel like um, sometimes people will respond differently to things like geranium and um 
various like frankincense oil and things like that, which can mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. cause breakouts. So that's something also to be, to be conscious of. So it might not actually be the oil, but it could be the essential oil right. as well. You know, I think we're always sort of like chasing to the fountain of youth of it. You know, we really want that plumpness in our skin and that uh, elasticity and that youthful glow. And I noticed like, um, you know, a lot of products are um, with collagen now and like, especially mm-hmm. products that you can actually ingest mm-hmm. have collagen yeah. in them. And I was talking to a doctor friend of mine and I said, you know, does this, does it really work? Like if you ingest this collagen and she mm-hmm. was saying, you know, from her sort of medical background perspective, she said that because you, you, you know, the collagen goes through your digestive system that by the time it actually makes it through your yeah. system, it's so, it, it's just such a small amount at that point that oh, it's not really, right. Yeah. That it's not really that, right? that it's not really that effective, but I, I'm interested in knowing sort of your perspective on that. Yeah. If the collagen, like yeah. the edible collagen works. Yes. I love this question. I'm so pleased someone actually said that because no, I talk to people about this all the time. I've not heard anyone who's mentioned this or asked me a question on this. I always have to tell them, which is good. So, um, all this marine and this um, bovine collagen. So firstly, I just say, well, start to think about where it's coming from on an animal. Like it's the hide of the animal. It's the fish scales. And then you're getting this white powder out of that. So imagine how highly processed and hydrolyzed that has become to get to your white powder that you're putting into your water or your smoothie. So one, it's been highly processed. And that is because one, it's come from this crazy awful form really Um, but secondly because our gut um, doesn't absorb those particles very well so it has to be broken down into such a tiny um, particle which is what you're saying to absorb Um, and then what they've done is in studies they've shown that a lot of people will get some benefit but it tends to be where they're needing it most which is like their joints mostly (laughs) so um, they are feeling like maybe some of their arthritic symptoms are getting a bit of relief but often their skin isn't so our vegan collagen um, edible beauty collagen approach to things is that you give your body the building blocks to collagen so that's your vitamin c that's your um, you know protein which is can be from a vegan source um, and all of the, the supporting things like your silica and your um, zinc and all of your antioxidants and then your body's able to build that collagen but it's also protecting the existing collagen from breaking down so then you are getting the skin benefits because your body's been given what it needs to create all types of collagen naturally um, and also you're absorbing that collagen a lot better because it isn't from this um, unknown sort of foreign source but you're also getting out of benefit of the antioxidants because the antioxidants are basically protecting that collagen that's existing in your body from breaking down um, and we want to stop that depletion as much as we want to create new collagen as well so that's my um, that's my approach on collagen, and and everyone has a different approach, as you sort of said. Um, but I love our approach, and we um, have a collagen powder, which is really a huge um, a, a huge seller with our vegan um, fan base and and people who are more aware of these types of things. They don't have to be vegan; they can just be more about not um, you know not using these products, I guess, which are in some way um, quite quite cruel and and harmful to to animals as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, and I guess that they enjoy using it and they do get the same benefits um, or more from using it as well. 
Okay, so I think we should do a true or false. Before yes. we end up, I can't, I, I, I had a glass of wine. I feel like this went like in two seconds. Oh, it literally <laughs> was so like, fast. I mean, how is it? Like it's like flying. It's like when you have a glass of wine, you fly. You're like, what do you mean we're in Houston? Like, well, how did we get here? <laughs> what do so, we mean we're in Vegas? I didn't say we're going to Vegas. Yeah. We can still catch a flight tonight, girl. Let's, you know, a true story. I was having cocktails at the Wilshire Hotel when I was 25 years old with a girlfriend of mine. And after two cocktails, because they're so strong, I said, let's go to Vegas tonight. She's like, okay, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> That's what happens when you've got no kids. Yeah, exactly. And you're in your 20s and you're drunk. Yeah, I was like, okay, let's just go to Vegas. Do not have the apple martinis in um, the Wilshire Hotel because you will end up in Vegas. <laughs> Okay, so tabletops. True or false? Okay, oh, Roxy, oh, go. Okay, do it, Roxy Soxy. All right, all right. True or false? Hmm. Let's see. True or false? Sleep, quality sleep is just as effective or maybe even more effective than any sort of topical beauty product or something you could ingest. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Do you want, how much more information you want yes, to say? Please, yes, please, yes, yes, keep more. going. Yes. Great. Okay, so um, one of the things that can keep us really youthful mm-hmm. is our, basically our bodily's repair process and mm-hmm. also our healthy melatonin levels as well and all disrupted when we're not getting much sleep. So one, we're not um, regenerating, repairing our skin. Our body's not going through its normal detoxification processes, which it does overnight. Um, and often what happens as well with a lack of sleep is that our insulin levels um, become imbalanced. So they've done studies on people with very little sleep. Their insulin levels and sugar levels start to spike, which can then throw our hormones out of balance, which then creates things like acne and breakouts. So 100%. Um, I don't know how some women look so good when they're not getting any sleep as mums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's something special going on with that, but um, you no, do they're need- young. Young people look <laughs> yeah. when they have kids, <laughs> or they're Jennifer Lopez who swears by like ten hours of sleep a night and a night nurse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, um, how about this? Uh, natural skincare has to is uh, natural skincare is more expensive. No, so definitely not. We um, are all about accessible skincare, and you should try and find a natural brand that doesn't you know, charge you um, um, and a leg to buy it. It should be accessible. It should be something that you can continue doing day in, day out um, and that you should be able to repurchase it without any feeling of like, I can't afford this. So not should be as, uh, you know, it should be the same level as what you're buying um, your other products for. And if it's not, ask a question why. If there's something special, really special about it, like if there's an ingredient that is being grown on this one specific farm that is used in that product, and that's the only thing that's used in that product, then maybe. But yeah. um, otherwise, you should search for something that's accessible. Good. Okay. Alcohol, wine, this <laughs> in the glass right here. Is um, what? <laughs> okay. It is the devil and it ages us on our, Ooh. like on our faces. Um, I would say again in moderation, no. Um, okay. And that is, 
Yeah, that's a tricky one because what is moderation? And I always find like, what is a standard glass these days? <laughs> because Depends who's what is Roxy's standard <laughs> glass? Because mine was gone a long time ago and Roxy's is still there. So I'm assuming that's three times my glass. <laughs> it is. I give a generous pour. <laughs> I love my glass, by the way. And mine. But I would say, yeah, it does have antioxidants in it. Um, if you can find it one without those preservatives mm. those preservatives often cause a lot of issues with skin they can cause rosacea they can mm. cause a lot of like congestion in general it's preservative 220 sometimes your organic brands still have the preservatives so i would just mm. look for something which is um preservative free and organic mm. if you can um and like obviously sort of the red ones have more of those antioxidants that red pigment indicates that but i would just not go too crazy i think i like that one night a week sort of approach two nights um yeah one or two nights. Something special I or think three or four <laughs> yeah. no, it's two so nights hard. off for roxy two <laughs> nights on for me two nights off for her <laughs> she's always happy though that's the best thing about roxy it's like she only drinks when she's happy so i'm just that's the best way to have a glass of wine. I love that because you- actually that's probably the best approach, like drinking it when you are happy because then I know. Drink- I drink it when I'm miserable and it makes me more miserable. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so stressed and I drink and I'm like, now I'm just tipsy and still stressed. <laughs> and now I want to murder my husband. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just mean and tipsy. Um, okay. Last one, last one. Okay. Um, this is not a skincare question, more of a naturopath question, but yes. cancer feeds on sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that to say that in isolation is probably not correct. I think that there has to be some underlying issues there. But I think in general, when you do have cancer, eating more sugar won't be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think that um there's obviously some underlying other factors, but um when you are um, diagnosed with cancer, I think it's helpful to go on a sugar-free diet. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's helpful in general, to be honest. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't really know, like touching the cancer thing too much. I don't know why. Um, I mean, because I feel like there's so many people who have such a personal connection to it and then to be told. Right, right. It's that it's just about sugar. Right. Right. I mean, I've heard yeah. that all cells feed on sugar and I've, I've mm-hmm. this is what I've read. And again, could be wrong, but I've read it a few times that if you have cancer cells that more sugar will exacerbate that like it will grow it will grow your cells but but limiting sugar doesn't necessarily mean that the cancer will go away well Um, I think that's spot on yeah and I've read so many incredible stories of people who are at that stage of cancer where um you know they're not given much time and then they go on this overhaul and it's not only their diet but it's also their thought processes it's mm -hmm. also you know their their whole inner world and um they're incredible and remarkable um and then there's other people again and, and you know, someone personal and close to me who, who had cancer and did everything right mm-hmm. and, um, you know, did the keto, did all the smoothies, did the juice, did the, you know, therapy and, and you know, that it, you know, unfortunately didn't help her. But um, I do think that there is a connection. So to answer your question, yes, um, but I guess there's other factors at play too. Well, thank you so much for yeah. being here. We've learned so much. Yes, we really. Oh, I just enjoyed. really enjoyed it. I wish I was there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, don't worry. We want to be where you are. Yes, you yes. Where we are. <laughs> Cameron, I think it's time. I think you need to take me in Australia. 
Yeah, I think I might, I might go back this year, maybe no. next year. So, why, I mean, next year will be less stressful than this year because you do have to quarantine. By the way, my friend said you have to quarantine in a tiny little room unless oh. you want to pay. It's two hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you want a house. So, any of the celebrities who are Australian who go back, uh-huh. it's about two fifty to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars because you have to get security, police, twenty four seven for two weeks. So, because they have to make sure you don't leave the house. Yeah, you don't like, leave the house. Oh, Whereas wow. in Canada, you can like just get an Airbnb. Like <laughs> they, the I'm, I'm like, okay, so it doesn't matter. But but Australia has zero cases, right? I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, there's like single digit cases in um, New South Wales right now. So it is it is great. But yeah, that quarantine is kind of tricky. Um, I yeah, some people deal with it really well. Um, maybe you just need to learn like podcasts up for that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> The problem is I would do it well if I was by myself on a bottle of wine. The problem is I have three other, like, people, people. like, in my face with. all oh, the yeah. time. <laughs> and you can't get rid of them. I mean, I get so – I said to Sean, I was like – I said to him today, I said, you know, I don't even think I have anxiety because when I leave you guys, I, I'm fine. Like, I <laughs> – Totally. I'm fine. It's, I, get, I get anxiety when I come home. <laughs> like, I'm not stressed away from you. <laughs> I mean, that's why – that's why business trips are like the best thing ever. Cause you go and it's yeah. like, you're like, oh, oh my God, it's like a vacation. a vacation, you know, I even think a hospital, like knock on wood, I don't have to go to the hospital, but I'm like, you know, when you have kids or go for the C-section, like, oh, you're like, it's like a vacation. A you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I get to lay in bed. Everyone's waiting on me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so great. It's the way. I think they restrict the wine. I heard this the other day. I'm not a big drinker, so I'm sure I'll get one one bottle a week, right? (laughs) One bottle a day. Oh, that's more Roxy's (laughs) thing. I need one bottle a week, if that. I never make it. I mean, one bottle a day? Come on. Roxy's like, I would never make it. (laughs) Never. I need a minimum. Yeah, one bottle a day seems like. I love it how you said it's such such an Australian thing. They restrict the alcohol. You get a bottle a day. I just thought it was hilarious because I think it's what people would want to do when they're in like small While I have have you two Australians on right now, can you please explain to me why people, everybody I have ever met from Australia – Except for you, Tamman, who doesn't mm-hmm. drink that much, mm-hmm. but everybody else holds their liquor like oh, yeah, they no drink other. A lot. Yes, what, yes. What, what, but how is, is it in the genes? They dr- no, it's just because when you drink a lot, you can drink a lot. <laughs> Do you know yes. what I mean? Meaning, it's just yeah. you just get a con- constitution. Like I don't drink a lot, but if I was drinking more, I'd be like, oh, like one glass of wine, I feel like ready to go for a dance. But yeah, I'm sure other people who drink like I mean, do you want to go for a dance right now after one? <laughs> I mean, like, no, I just want to go watch some TV. (laughs) I think we drink our alcohol very quickly, actually. I think that must be it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I was in Europe and I noticed that people were just sitting on their wines for like five hours. I'm like, this restaurant must be making much money. (laughs) Yeah. Because we would be having (laughs) 10 drinks during that. That's true. Maybe that has something to do with it. I think it's like when I lived in Australia, I would drink to get drunk for me. Uh, Not not to get drunk. I wouldn't say drunk because I actually only think I've been drunk like a handful of times in my entire life. But I mean, you would drink to get tipsy. That would be your aim. Whereas I I feel like the people around me or when we go to dinner, it's like to drink to enjoy the food or whatever it is. Um, And that might not be right. But, you know, in Australia for me, and maybe because I was young, I did leave at 22. (laughs) So um, when I was younger in Australia, I was to drink to get tipsy. But you're still standing. 
Yeah. They're still and standing. They are, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, standards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have to drink before they even go out just to get that tipsy to go out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I do that. It's quite <laughs> I think super- I do that here. <laughs> it's quite a super. I'm like, I don't like the people. I don't like the people. Drink the wine. I will like them better. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> I know. It's the only way she gets me out. Well, thank you, Anna, so much. And we love you and we love Edible Beauty and we can't wait to see what you have next. And I know you guys have, I know you have more products you're launching and some exciting stuff for next year. So we will follow along and tell everyone to jump on board. And uh, when this comes out, uh, I will let everyone know that there's a code for everyone to um, to buy, to buy 20, get 20% off and we'll make sure everyone has that code too. Yes, hopefully and, our yeah, code is has- women on top. Yes. <laughs> Make it nice and easy. Women on top of 20. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you so much. And you can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment where yes, we get your podcast. And share. And share. Thanks, oh, wait, guys, where, so where can we find Anna? Where oh, good now. question. EdibleBeautyAustralia.com. Also at Sephora.com. And if you do have any questions about products or what's right for your skin type, just email me, Anna at EdibleBeautyAustralia.com. And I'm very happy to answer anything that you oh, might have uh, any questions for me. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for your awesome work, ladies. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. And I am Taman Sursak. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women on Top. And cheers. Cheers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.